When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's <laughs> talk about Anthony Black. Let's talk about Anthony Black. Yeah, that's great. Oh, man. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Being two white dudes, that's how I start the show. <laughs> hey, Tony, we're on the wrong stream, man. Let's go. Yeah, Tony, we're on the Went to the wrong show, man. Oh my god! Oh shit! We should have been at the Action Network podcast. I was. I'm talking too much. I'm sick. I have a runny nose. It's annoying. But uh, welcome back, Back. The floor is yours. I'm Brian Fonseca. I'm the one that made that error. It's fine. Professional broadcaster. Um, you know, usually. Uh, Tony Schwartz is here. Sean Rochester's here. Timmy is on another island with shitty Wi-Fi per his admission. And Greg, who's also become a friend of the show, uh, is not here because, well, um, he's not a regular and he's doing other things right now, uh, I'm told. So this is our crew today. If I sniffle into the microphone, please excuse me. And also find me $5 like they do on the Dan Levitar show. But, uh, gentlemen, we have a bunch of NBA things to get into. First up, we're going to start with John Morant, and then we're going to go around the room, talk about injuries, and then, obviously, we have – excuse me. Jesus Christ. And then we have uh, – this is a flu game situation here. Uh, and then uh, after that, we have uh, the Heat coming back uh, somewhat whole, although Jimmy Butler just missed a game, but we know it's one of them, Jimmy Butler knick-knack injuries, so whatever. Um, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo returning. But first, John Morant. John Moran returns. He gets 30-something points. He gets a game winner. A lot of people, including myself, thought that the Pelicans minus six or whatever the case may be was probably a good line because, Ja, you know, he may ease back into it. It's 25-game suspension. And um, he did not, and he had a game winner, and he was amazing, and he's on one of my fantasy teams. So I'm very excited about this. Sean, who I'm actually playing in fantasy this week, and he might beat me because Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic decided to miss games, which is not great. But Sean... Your thoughts on John Morant's returning, and do you think, because Memphis is, I don't know, 7-19 and 19 right now or something like that, do you think, like, there's any viability in the buying, oh, Memphis has a legit shot to at least make the play-in now? Yeah, first versus second place, I believe, in uh, that fantasy league, too, I think. Um, you know, Ja coming back, obviously, is a huge boost for them. They 
probably wish they had a few more wins within where they're at. And the West is not going to be easy to climb into because quite honestly, the West is, is deep. I mean, you have teams that are uh, like the warriors that are, are on the outside looking in or trying to claw back in. So, you know, I think that Ja can do it because of his star power. And I think that they have a good supporting cast around him when he's there. Obviously when he was gone, he's such a big piece that the, the machine didn't run smoothly. Um, the only thing that I would say is, and we know this as Heat fans, you leave yourself so little room for error, right? One injury to Desmond Bain. One time Ja rolls his ankle. Jaron Jackson Jr. gets hurt. And you go on a slide again, you're probably not going to have enough time to make it up. So they're going to have to get hot between now and like all-star break to see if they can get back into it. But if they can get back into it, I, I think, you know, they got the right squad to do it. They got a young, energetic squad. And uh, I think Ja is going to try to carry him there. Tony, they're 7-19 and 19 right now. They're currently up four against the Indiana Pacers at home. Yeah. This is John Morant's first home game of the season, so big deal. Maybe they win that game. I think I think they will, but we'll see at the end of this. But the Jazz are in front of them, 10 and 18. The Warriors, 13 and 14. The Suns, who are right now in 10 in the Western Conference, 14 and 13. So you're looking at six and a half games that you would have to make up there over the course of time. But it's not even Christmas yet. It's about to be, but it's not even Christmas yet. So is this a deficit that they could sort of overcome in the Western Conference? The Western Conference that's like the Eastern Conference probably going to have a lot of parity this year. I mean, it's NBA where miracles happen. I missed that commercial where anything can happen. Uh, but Sean said it best. You have teams on the outside looking in right now that I think just are infinitely better. I mean, Phoenix is the 10th seed <laughs> at the moment. Uh, Utah is 10 and 18. Now, I think they can take that spot. And then they're pushing Golden State for 11, Houston for nine, who could drop. So it's conceivable. I mean, if Houston goes on a slide, there's a spot right there. And then you just have to push Golden State for that last play. And um, they get Brandon Clark back at All-Star. They get Marcus Smart back soon. Um, but, you know, they, they, they got Here's their problem. It's size. They have to beat on all the teams that they can beat without the size because they're going to lose those matchups without Brandon Clark, without Steven Adams. It's got to be a two to one for them the rest of the way. It's going to be tough. It can happen though. Jaw's that good. Yeah, and I think he's eager to remind people of that. Um, I think Houston's interesting because they're not very good on the road as we've co- as we've covered here. Young teams typically aren't. Um, Phoenix, I think, is obviously going to move up from that spot, fourteen and thirteen. Although they're really thin right now. And Golden State and Utah, I mean, Golden State has some blow it up potential and Utah is just, I don't think they're very they're, they're dropping. They'll yeah. pop out, so it, which gives them a spot, but they have to find another one. Utah got a big win in it, though. Props to them. Uh, taking care of business shorthanded without Omer Yurtseven and uh, taking care of the Detroit Pistons, who have uh, had a little bit of a rough streak lately. Which, by the way... If, if I can get the floor is yours early, my favorite thing in basketball is Detroit finding ways to lose games. This is impressive. I have never been more intent on watching box scores in my life. Uh, watching these teams five wins to, to lose is, is just awesome. Pray for Kate Cunningham. Uh, Shout man. out Kelly Olenek. Shout out Big Kelly Olenek. Big game tonight. Potential game. trade package. Uh, per- partner for somebody um van lee says our memphis buyers are sellers because i wanted marcus smart van lee i think is a heat fan um i mean 
I don't think they're I don't think they're selling. I don't think they're giving up on this window. I if if they if if there's a scenario like Sean was talking about where somebody gets hurt, they're thin again, they just kind of can't get to get there to that play in sort of spot. Um, if Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. goes down, then I think they'll probably soft sell. But those three guys, I don't think are going anywhere. Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. I'm pretty sure they have their pick, if I remember uh, hearing that correctly. So you kind of do a soft punt. You you get yourself another lotto pick, and maybe you use it in a package. But, yeah, you're not tearing it apart because of the whole John ja Morant and then an injury that we're talking potentially happening. Let's get to injuries, which John ja Morant did not return from one. Oh, but Memphis is a pretty banged-up team right now. That's the other piece of this in terms of winning games. But there are some significant injuries around the league, um, particularly in the Eastern Conference, but also one in the West, Bradley Beal that we just talked about the Phoenix Suns and their struggles. But otherwise, we got a real, like, sad report today, I guess, to some degree. Mitchell Robinson was supposed to be out six to eight weeks. Now he's out for the season with an ankle injury, um, not like a torn ACL or anything like that. So Isaiah Hartenstein is the center right now. They signed Taj Gibson. They're applying for an exception, disabled player an exception, which is going to be like $7.8 million or something along That's the lines was reported. Um, but they're kind of, you know, we'll see financially if they could actually make something work. Um, and that sort of tilts the power of what that team could be a little bit because Mitchell Robinson was their defensive minded center. And it's going to be a different team now. They're going to have to play faster, which they have been doing so far. And then in Cleveland, Darius Garland's out, but for longer, Evan Mobley's out. He's having knee surgery, arthroscopic knee surgery, which is almost always six to eight months. So that's going to be tough as well. And those are two teams that, directly directly affect heat celtics bucks what's more significant to you from those uh, is it in terms of tilting the power in the eastern conference we'll stay there is it evan mobley is it mitchell robinson because one of them is for the season one of them is for a couple months evan mobley is obviously better but mitchell robinson affects the knicks greatly tony go first yeah it's mitch i think to me because the knicks were finding balance um I don't know what their ceiling was going to be. Nobody ever does year to year, but they were starting to figure out some some good ways for them to to execute winning basketball. Um, Cleveland has been what they've been for a long time, and I think what is th- the biggest conversation to have around this is what does that do to the buying and selling potential of those squads? Um, what does that do to the buying and selling potential of the teams around the league that might have been interested in, in the players that those guys have? Um, does that Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell package makes sense now for New York uh, where the Knicks were not. I don't think they were buyers for Don this year. It did make sense to me, but now they might be back in those sweepstakes. So let's go. But as far as a loss, uh, Mitch is a big deal. I mean, he's grabbing 12 boards a game over there in New York. He's playing really solid defense for them. He had a great switch up. You guys had a great change up with Hartenstein and Mitchell all season. Um, and now you have to play Hartenstein more minutes, which I think hurts him defensively. But you make up for that in the offensive end. But it's it's tougher for them to to stay as relevant because their error, their margin of error was so much smaller than Cleveland's. Sean? Yeah, I was leaning Robinson, and I'll just go the other side, I guess, just because, you know, Mobley obviously is a better player. Um, also with Garland being out, um, it, I mean, they just have too many injuries, I feel like, right now. You know, I just think Cleveland is the better team of the two, I think, even though I know New York beat them in the playoffs last year. But, you know, in both cases, 
losing that big man, um, it doesn't hurt Cleveland as much because you have Allen to anchor. But yeah. I just don't think, you know, with New York, they have to go elsewhere. Like Hartenstein, I really like, but he's a really good backup center. You don't want him to be your starter. I think the more he's on the floor, the more he's going to get exposed. Um, and then Taj Gibson, I mean, props to him for being out there at, you know, 41 years old or whatever he is. But almost. He's not going to hold up. 38, you know, I think, so but almost. They they need to, whether it's sign someone, I mean, I know you're going to start hearing the Boogie Cousins, the Hassan Whitesides, those types of names. But like, I don't know, who, who do you, who do you, you can't tell me Hassan wouldn't be great in New York. The lights, you know, the Snapchat, he's a defensive anchor. He's a lob threat. I mean, he would shine, but. No, I, I, you know, I just don't know what they do. And do you make a, uh, a drastic move or a, a move that hurts you maybe long term just to plug that hole? You know, how good do you really think you are? I don't think they would ever be better than Boston, Milwaukee, etc. So, I think you have to have patience sometimes when that happens to you. The most fun name is James Wiseman. If they could trade for him, I think that's the most fun Would, one. I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think you could do that. Really? If you, talking- if you need a center, you call Detroit, right? I mean, Jesus, they have seven. Look, <laughs> they like Isaiah the trench coat, and they got them all here, like watches. Like here, what do you yeah. want? You know, like Isaiah Stewart. Also, they probably be the first. They probably be the first team in NBA history with a white Isaiah and a black Isaiah on the same team. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein is a. I mean, he's in a conversation for best backup center in the NBA. I feel like, but yeah, there's a reason he hasn't started uh, in his career for more than like just these parts. So I feel like they may try to upgrade from that spot at some point and resume him to his role. I mean, initially Jericho Sims was starting and then they just decided to keep Isaiah Hartenstein there to play however many minutes and Jericho Sims got hurt. But I think uh, Isaiah Stewart is somebody that people are going to maybe talk about trading for, but as Van Lee points out, yes, on a poison pill deal, although his contract is not bad. Like if you, if you value what he does, I think he's going to be interesting for somebody at some point. Cause I don't think his future's in Detroit. I don't think anybody's future's in Detroit, except maybe Kate Cunningham. And I'm not even sure of that because you have people over there trying to trade him in terms of uh, just the analysis, not the actual front office of the team. Um, but closing thoughts on this before we wrap up with uh, some heat stuff. Um, yeah, I I don't think the Knicks are in trouble necessarily, but man, Mitchell Robinson was was playing really well in the playoffs and was carrying that over, and I think that's that's going to affect them a lot. Um, it also means Julius Randle is going to take it upon himself to be more aggressive, which will play into other teams' hands. Uh, you know, even though he's playing well at some point, we know that that's that's not going to last all season long. You guys have anything else on this? What we should probably hit. That's... We should probably hit Mobley. We should probably hit Mobley. Yeah. I mean, for them, who is it? Is it Dean Wade? Who's starting in his spot? It's, it's going to have to be right, or at least he's going to have yeah. to take part of it. I know they played tonight. I, I'll look and see who they started. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, Donovan Mitchell is also out right now. They, this team has not been right. 
like Max Strus is sneaky been one of their best players, a development I didn't see coming. Um, <laughs> you know, even though they signed him to that massive contract. But Cleveland worries me because I actually thought I projected them to be one of the top two or three teams in the Easter Conference during the regular season and then lose in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> against well, somebody. But you know, the silver lining here is they have some guys now that they might be able to feature, right? Like Damian Jones is a dude 28 years old now. Uh what's going on with him? At this point, he's making like 2.4. He got a rookie. He got a, you know, a small rookie deal. He's still around. He's still making money. He's still rocking, man. He's still rocking. So it's like you got to figure out what you have in these bottom pieces here because like Cleveland is deep, but they're deep in like just like solid players. Yeah, but you know, the larger issue with Cleveland great. though, the larger issue with Cleveland though is I, this is trend. It feels like it's trending towards bye-bye Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. He ends up in New York or Brooklyn or Miami. And if that's the case, which I think it will be the case, I think there's going to be, I don't think Mobley's going to be the one out. Everyone seems to think it's going to be Jared Allen. I think that makes some sense. It's Jerry. It's the same situation with uh, the Phoenix Suns when they had eight and you have a contract you want to get off of because it doesn't work basketball wise. They're going to use Donovan to help get eight now or uh, to help get Jared Allen out. If they're going to soft rebuild. I think, I think if you're the heat Celtics or bucks and you look at these two teams, I think you just feel like you can beat them and you're fine. Sixers also, I don't trust the Sixers. Um, <laughs> I don't really trust anybody right now, but yeah. Sean, you were about to they're, add something. They're teams that could get like I would imagine seeding wise, they get they can get a game from those teams or they're a tough sweep. But like, yeah. I don't see either of them, especially given their injuries, of getting into the second round and or making any noise in the second round. Talking about Cleveland and talking about New York, Philly's a different monster. I think that they're they're better than we thought. I don't think they're at the same level as Boston. I don't think they're Milwaukee, but they're pretty firmly third. But I don't trust them once it gets to. Uh, their ceiling, which is commonly the rest of us call it the second round. We'll see what happens on Christmas Day because Christmas is one of those days where it feels like the playoffs because that's really like an important day in NBA basketball history. Christmas is always one of the biggest days of the year for the NBA and they're underdogs against the Heat in Miami. And they're going to have, you know, they're going to be in Miami for probably a day or so before that. So we'll see if they get the South Beach flu. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey is somebody to watch in that game. I think Joel Embiid is going to hit his unders. Okay, speaking of Miami, and we'll wrap here because I need some damn Theraflu. Uh, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are back. Jimmy Butler all of a sudden decides to miss a game. But we've seen a couple games now. There were some encouraging things against Minnesota, and then they did their fourth quarter shit. The Heat, by the way, 8-20 and 20 in fourth quarters this year, minus 104-point differential. Comma, however, they beat the shit out of the Orlando Magic. Like, I know the score got sort of close. There was a fake comeback at the end. The Heat lost that fourth quarter as well. But they beat the shit out of the Orlando Magic. In Orlando, a team that everybody loves and is one of the better defensive teams in the NBA, and they just absolutely punked them. An Orlando Magic team that had their guys, by the way, like majority of their guys. Um, and Miami didn't have Jimmy Butler. Um, main takeaways from that, Tony, we'll start with you because you're from that area of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> But um, just your takeaways on, as we're talking about Mitchell Robinson being out, Darius Garland being out, Evan Mobley being out, the Heat getting closer to hole. How does Tyler and Bam sort of tilt the scales in their favor in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, when they when they were beating up on pretty bad teams uh, with with Tyler in the lineup, you kind of saw 
there's a talent gap. Like it's limited as people say this heat roster is um they the continuity and, and the the effort level night to night brings them up into that that top four C territory and you saw it against Orlando last night. They're a great defense. Uh but there's a, a learning curve with younger teams about physicality and 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 ways to play uh in, in minutes that matter, especially like late second quarters. Those stretches are so important when they were letting the heat uh get great looks. I mean just great looks from three and they went on that crazy 20 point uh, stretch and just bring it out with three pointers and all all that game showed me is that the heat have a lot of change-ups in their toolkit this year you know they can to a lot of people's chagrin uh they can create a great half court look by pounding the rock maybe five or six times if they need to off of some pick and roll sets and but they're going to find ways to get great looks uh they're going to find ways to hit you with physicality hit you with uh verticality you know they can stretch the floor in and out uh, they'll get horizontal on you or they're running motion. A lot of baseline cuts this year, which I love. Shout out to Haywood Highsmith, who's great at that kind of thing. Um, they're just offensively, they're way more versatile. Uh, I think they're a fourth seed easily in the East. That's all that game solidified for me. They have a lot of shit they have to figure out down the stretch of games with that bench lineup. The first eight minutes of every fourth quarter is really tough basketball. Offensively, they're not connected. Uh, and I don't think that they communicate well together yet. Uh, some of that's Josh Richardson coming back into a system. Uh, some of that's Caleb coming back into uh, the lineups. He's playing a lot of those stretches, but they have to figure out a better rotation for that specific time period, get guys better uh, locked in, have some more continuity on what they want to get to. And I think they're good. I think they're going to be fine, but it's concerning. That Don't like it. Look, the fourth quarter shit is a thing that st- stands out to me because if they were just a decent fourth quarter team, then you're talking about maybe a 20-win team already at this point. Sean, you and I have talked about this a lot because the fourth quarter thing is so damning. We've been betting against them in the fourth quarter <laughs> and making some money on them during, uh, you know, during the season um, because you gotta, you know, you got to be objective when your money's on the line. Um, but as that warrior points out, Sean, and I'll toss it to you, the fact that the books – have the Heat minus one and a half against the Sixers on Christmas Day. Show us how much faith the books have in Miami, even with three points you get uh, from being a home game. And I will say to that that Eric Spolster is 8-0 on Christmas, 7-1 against the spread. Sean, presumably Tony has, if Miami's four, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, in whatever order, being the top three, I guess, in the Eastern Conference. Um how do you think Tyler and Bam's return affects that? And is there going to be a period of time where, you know, maybe they'll struggle for a little bit or are we just here now because they beat Orlando, even with Jimmy not being there? Um, in terms of them kind of balancing things out and figuring out how things are going to flow, I think honestly for the, for the first two games that they've been back, it's looked pretty good. I, yeah. I think the Minnesota game, you played very well and you lost. And I know we were together on the post game show. And I think we felt good about that loss, even though it came with a fourth quarter collapse. Um, You know, Tyler is continuing to play well. I think he's doing um, the things you want to see out of him. Um, Obviously Jimmy not being out there, you have a little bit more wiggle room for shot attempts and usage for him when Jimmy comes back. And when you're whole, if that happens, when that happens, I think on Christmas, you'll see it, but I think you're going to continue to see guys get rested. And I think it's okay to do that, especially on the wing, because you have Jaime that can step in. Now, I think Jaime's getting a little tired. I think Jaime has played every game. I think he deserves a little break just like Kyle had. But that's okay, because then you have Caleb. You have Haywood that could use some extra minutes to get accustomed to what he's doing. You got Duncan out there. You got you have guys on the perimeter that can go out there. 
And so I do agree. I think we are pretty firmly the fourth best team in the East. Um, ideally, you want to finish somewhere in the top four. I would be okay fifth because I don't really fear those other teams if it's not a Milwaukee, Boston, or uh, Philadelphia. And I think a lot of people would say if it's Philadelphia, whether it's a three, six, you know, four five matchup that you're not that scared to go there. I just, you know, that's not my ideal situation either. Um, but no, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of the same stuff as we go through this season. And, and you know, that's just the way that Miami's going to be as an older team. And to your point about the fourth quarter, we mentioned this when we were talking me, you and Greg, it's not like Miami is busting people up and they're cruising through fourth quarters and the miss the uh, point differential is misleading. The point differential is the difference between shit, probably three, four, five wins yeah. you know, that we could have. And um, that's something that has to get corrected. And the good thing is that there's roughly 50-something, 60-something games left that you can get that fixed. So we'll close here. How do the Heat fix this fourth quarter bullshit? Tony, what's the biggest thing for you? Like, how do they, because again, 8-20 and 20 minus 104 points. You know, it gets solved, I think, in, in practice, which means it's going to take time. Um, they look this Teams barely right? practice, Tony. I know. They barely practice now. That's that's some of it. They just look a little disjointed. Um, sometimes it doesn't look like they know what actions they're trying to get to. I, I don't know if the they just need the pace just needs to come all the way down um, and run some things that people are more familiar with for a while. But it's just going to take time, you know. Especially with the instability in the lineup rotations, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. But they'll figure it out as the season goes. It's an IQ team. Van Lisa, stop playing your rookie the entire fourth. Um, Sean. Put your coach hat on, uh, or I suppose your coach quarter zip on, because uh, basketball coaches don't wear hats. Love the quarter zip. But what would you? Yeah. What, what? How do they fix this fourth quarter stuff? Because this is crazy. So I think you know to Tony's point, it's it's fixing things when you have time on the practice floor and when you're watching film. But until you get out there and you're in that situation where it's a tight game in the fourth quarter, not just clutch time, but that whole twelve minutes, because yeah. it's oftentimes that first four to six minutes. And I always joke about, you know, forcing the first time out, right? Like that's always my little bit that I throw out there. That's right. But it's true that, you know, if you're in a tight game, you want to seize the momentum at the beginning of the quarter. And we talked about in post game the other night that Jimmy sits that first six plus minutes every fourth quarter. Maybe you have to tinker with that a little bit. You can't play him 12 minutes, but maybe you need to put him in there for a few minutes at the beginning of the fourth and then sit him for a smaller amount. Maybe, you know, like Van Lee said, Maybe you don't play Jaime as much. Maybe you reduce some of Josh's minutes. I think it's variable about who's playing well and what the matchup is because you have lots of guys that you can put on the floor and feel comfortable with in a fourth quarter. And that's an advantage for Spo. But right now, it's just not its not boiling down to an advantage when you look at the scoreboard. Jack Azul says, I think Lowry is an important close, uh, closer. We need more control. Yeah, hurt uh, against Minnesota. Not having Kyle hurt against Minnesota. Well, he could have been stabilizing fourth in that fourth quarter. And Kyle Lowry, to his credit, better than I would have expected. Not Damian Lillard, but better than I would have expected <laughs> this season so far. Um, Van Lee chimes in. This might be our last comment, unless somebody else wants to send us off with a bang. Van Lee says this is such an easy problem for Spo to fix. Not worried at all. Um, I was hoping for a follow-up there. Sean? You have yeah, one. and I was going to add to this, and I forgot about this. You know, listening today to the post game pods, ours, 
locked on Miami Heat beat all recorded roughly the same time last night, right? They didn't, they didn't exchange ideas. Every right. person, every, every podcast talked about this kind of prevent offense, sort of the concept of they were playing to hold the lead, not playing to extend the lead and continue to push. Like they went away from the things that were working. And I, I, I think that's kind of the case. Like, it's not that Spo is coaching them to do that. Like, all right, guys be passive, but like, you know, you might not take the risky pass that you would. You're trying to be safe, but you can only be safe to a certain extent. You can, like, control the pace and slow down and maybe not try to get out in transition, run some clock. But you can only do that to so much extent because you still have to put the damn ball in the basket. Like, this isn't playing a JV team. This is playing a high school team. Like, it, I mean, I don't, it's not playing high school team. It's playing an NBA <laughs> team is what I meant to say. Unless you're the Sixers, they get to play high school teams like every damn night, it seems like. Their schedule's terrible. But It kind of like, works when you play Orlando when you're up 24, up, up yeah, 20 but going into not, the fourth, but that's not every shit, night. Exactly. And that's that's where I was saying, like, it could be misleading that if you're busting people up, you might lose the fourth quarter because you're playing, you know, Nikola Jovic and, and those boys. Like, okay, I'm okay with losing the fourth quarter if those guys are out there, but, like, we can't keep having this happen if you expect to go on a realm when it really matters. S.Dot Warrior says, yes, Lowry's been balling. Well, he said, yes, uh, Lowry's because there's a lot of S's there. Lowry's been balling. Uh, his job is to run offense and make sure the team does not lose itself. Like, like a real point guard does. Uh, I miss when we had more point guards. We don't We don't have a lot of actual point guards, nor do we have a lot of great centers uh, beyond a handful in the NBA currently. Um, last thing I'll say, we'll end it here. Cannot wait for Christmas Day games. Because to me, I think that is going to be the test, the barometer, the closest thing that we will have seen to the playoffs so far. And I think the Heat will treat that like a big game. I don't feel like they've treated a lot of games like big games. I feel like they're not going through the motions, but they're playing out the regular season as everybody else. I feel like Christmas against the Sixers is a game they're going to actually get up for. Tony, you get the last word. Do you think the Lakers will treat Christmas like a play-in game? (laughs) I'll say this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.